Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. And welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project. We've got Olivia here today, which I am so excited about um, because Olivia has recently started a new Instagram page called Get On The Ladder, and I'll get her to explain a bit about herself and what that is in a second. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about how to get on the property ladder and um, what you've learned over your career and stuff. So welcome, Olivia. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Do you want to move Tell us a bit about who you are and what you do at the moment and what Get On The Ladder is. Yeah, cool. Um, Well, I've always been super passionate about the property industry. Um, Ever since I can remember, I've actually scanned the property press and trade me for no real reason, just because I was interested in it. My mum probably thought I was a bit weird. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I knew that the property industry um, was what I wanted to get into. So when I was at school, I looked into the different tertiary options um, out there in the field. And um, I came across that Auckland Uni offered a Bachelor of Property degree. So I enrolled, in, I enrolled in that, completed that degree last year and absolutely loved it. I can totally recommend um, the Bachelor of Property to anyone that's oh. um, interested in the field. And since finishing, I now work for a large um, commercial property company in the city and I absolutely love it. Um, and then to the second half of that question, I started getting on the ladder during the level four lockdown as a bit of a hobby. Um, I went through the first home buyer process myself last year. And then during the lockdown, my younger brother wanted to find out whether he could purchase something. So we started looking into his KiwiSaver, his savings. Um, we actually engaged a mortgage broker and he found that, that he was actually in a really good position to buy something. Um, and a bit of a disclaimer here, he's actually, he's only 21 and he hasn't had any wow. handouts from the bank of mum or dad or anything. He's just been really good and sensible with saving his money from a young age. Um, mm. So yeah, I think this was the catalyst for me starting Get On The Ladder. I realized I had a real passion for first home buying and helping like us younger ones realize that it's actually possible. Um, I think there's so many negative perceptions amongst our peers who believe it's actually totally impossible to buy. So they kind of turn a blind eye to it, where in reality, it's actually really possible if you just have a bit of, if you have the knowledge and a bit of a push. Um, Yeah, so basically that's why I started it, place to share facts, resources and other insights. (laughs) Cool, that's awesome. And I totally um, can relate and admire you for acknowledging that you had a passion and then going and creating um something because you're right I feel like some I mean I, I think the resources for these sort of things are out there for young people but it's not obvious and it's not yeah. it's not one of those things that a lot of people will go and seek so it's really cool that you've started this page and um so exciting and I, I'm so glad to see as well because it's something I'm not sure about and I'm sure a lot of people listening aren't either so yeah. that's awesome um, and I suppose leading um, into a few questions now, why do you personally think that it's important to sort of get on the property ladder? Yeah, um, I see it as essentially a forced savings plan. Like I suppose I've grown up with parents mm. and um, family members who value home ownership. So it's kind of instilled in me, you know, it's kind of like a, a 
you're at a stage in your life where this is what you should be doing to set yourself up for kind of the next chapter. Um, mm. The more I talk to homeowners in their like 30s, 40s, 50s even, um, one thing they always tell me is that they wish they got on the ladder sooner and mm. probably has continually proven to be like an effective way of building long-term wealth. Um, I actually did a bit of a theoretical calculation the other day on my page um, which kind of highlights the importance of getting on the mar- getting into the market. Um, so the average home in Auckland right now is roughly worth a million dollars, and history has recorded Auckland house prices increasing over like a tw- uh, increasing by two hundred twenty two percent over a twenty year period. So if you were to apply this to a purchase you made today, in twenty years time your house will be worth three point two million and you'd have probably a small, if not no, mortgage, depending on kind of what loan term you're on. Um I know that like the next twenty years may not look like the last twenty years, but the statistics always show that you'll be in a better position financially down the track. Um mm. and especially a better position if you're renting for those twenty years. And like I kind of see renting as just paying off someone else's mortgage. So if you can get on the ladder and do it yourself and pay your own mortgage off, it's, you're going to be a lot better off down the track. Yep, yeah, completely. And it's so awesome to hear that your brother, I mean, that's my age, 21, and I feel like thinking about buying a home is so unrealistic to me. So that is really yeah. cool to hear that story. And and do you yeah. think, like, is there a certain age or stage in someone's life that they should be thinking about getting on the property ladder? Or why do you think it's good to be thinking about this when we're younger? Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's this perception that you should only buy a property like when you're ready to settle down. And generally these days, like most people aren't ready to settle down until they've ticked a lot of things off like traveling or like a stint of working overseas or achieved like a career goal. But like, I honestly think that at any stage in your life, if you're like ready, if you're in a position to buy, even if you don't want to live in the house, you should buy and get tenants in the house and let them pay the mortgage off while you're off overseas or flatting with all your friends um yeah I, I really encourage like LPs to kind of flip the idea of your first house being the place you want to settle down with a partner and kind of change your thinking to your first house maybe being an investment property that in 10 years time um 10 years of the 30-year mortgage has already been paid off before you're ready to move into it so yeah I kind of think that um it if you're in a position to buy and it doesn't matter about different stages in your life, but if you're in a position, then why not, you know, because you can always rent it out. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I suppose speaking about that position to buy, what are a few starting points for young people who want to set that goal? What should they sort of be thinking of? Yeah, I um, definitely think that KiwiSaver is probably one of the most important things to have set up. I've I listened to your earlier podcast Sarah, about KiwiSaver, um, and found that really helpful. Oh, cool. And yeah, there's also a few other podcasts um out there that kind of delve into the KiwiSaver topic. Um, the Property Academy podcast mm. is a really good one. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of important to get yourself clued up on KiwiSaver. I think the options um general options of contribution are about three percent six percent or eight percent um I think three percent is the default that and the most common contribution that people make um but when I was started playing with the idea of wanting to buy my first house a few years ago I made sure that I bumped myself up to at least my 
8% contribution. And I think this definitely helped my KiwiSaver grow quite significantly. Um, mm. Also, the best thing about KiwiSaver is that your employer also contributes 3% to your account. So if you're contributing 3%, you're essentially getting a 100% return on your investment as your employer is matching it. Um, mm. And then the government also contribute an additional roughly $521 a year if you contribute a certain amount, which I think is about 1042 ish And then another starting point would be to start cleaning up your spending, like take your weekly, monthly pay, work out your expenses and minus this off your pay. And then the balance needs to be spent, spent quite sensibly. So I've suggested on my to my get on the ladder followers to set up two accounts, a save and a splurge. And that money that's left over gets split into these accounts. Like uh, it's up to you how you want to, how you want to separate them and how you want to divvy them up between. It kind of depends on your personal circumstances, but um, this is a really good way to get you into good money management habits. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Those are some really great practical um, tips that people can take away as well. That's so cool. And when um, another, I guess, part of being in that position to buy, people are probably thinking, I feel like the main thing they always think is you've got to have that deposit amount. Is there a minimum amount in the deposit that you can have for an average like house in Auckland, for example? Or yeah. is there, I guess people get caught up on having the certain amount of money. Is there like that sort of goal money figure that you're searching that a person should try and, I guess, have? Yeah, Um. Well, that's really one of the biggest um, misconceptions in mm. when you property. You probably think that you actually have to have twenty percent because it's kind of plastered everywhere. Um, but reality is, you actually only need to have five percent if you're a first-time buyer and you meet um, some certain criteria. You actually only need five percent or ten percent. So I would probably recommend. Um, meeting up with a mortgage broker and just discussing like what figures you need to have. So if mm. say, maybe you want to buy a house that's worth $600,000, you might actually only need 30000 deposit to get into that house. Um, mm. yeah, it's, it's a good idea to sit down with a mortgage broker and work out what you need to save and then put those plans and set yourself some goals of saving to reach that amount. Yeah, cool. Okay, sweet. So it would be worth it to seek out the help of a mortgage advisor. And is there any, like, should we be looking for a certain person when looking for a mortgage advisor? Is there anything that um, I guess would help us find the right person to help us with that? Yeah, I mean, you want to work with someone that's done a lot of work with first-home buyers and have, you know, the knowledge in those um special grants that you're eligible from the government and that they can kind of work in your favor. So I, there's actually a um, first home buyers Facebook group and um, I put a post up, I joined the group and I put a post up asking for recommendations on a mortgage broker that um, kind of met all that criteria. Like they um, worked, they've worked a lot with first home buyers. They, work with low equity first you know buyers um, and I got heaps of recommendations on that Facebook page so you can either DM my get on the ladder page and I can give you those um, recommendations or go on to the um, the news I think it's Kiwi first home buyer Facebook page and put a comment on put a start a thread and try find one in your area 
Cool, that's awesome. I didn't even know that that was a thing, so that's perfect. I'm going to yeah, hop on there. Um, so are there any common things that young people um, might not be aware of that hinder their ability to get on the property ladder? Um, yeah, I think spending habits would be one of the bigger ones. Like when you go to a mortgage broker mm. or a bank, you like literally have to provide them with at least three months bank statements. So like they do see all those Uber rides and iconic orders <laughs> and like cafe prices. Yeah. And um, the bank pretty much wants to see like when you get paid, what you do with your money, like does it go into your savings or do you burn it on random useless stuff? Um, so if you create good habits now, you're A, probably going to have really healthy savings and B, the banks are going to see that you're sensible with your money and know that you're going to be able to service the loan you've taken out. Um, and also liabilities are also a big one. My advice would be to probably avoid credit cards and high purchases as much as, much as possible. Like learn to live within your means um, because, you know, you see all these high purchases like it, because you can borrow this much money at interest-free for X amount of time. Like it kind of seems like a good idea at the time, but all these interest-free payments can kind of um, build up and you can get way over your head before you know it. Like it's quite easy to spend other people's money you know what I mean so yeah learning to live within your means um yeah I think those are probably the two that I would say are probably things that people aren't aware of <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah perfect um I definitely agree with you there and do you think that things having a credit card is one but do you think having overdraft is another one yeah I think so because the like when the banks see your banks when the bank or the mortgage broker see your bank statements they're going to see that you're constantly in overdraft and that's not a good sign to them if they're going to be lending you you know hundreds of thousands of dollars that they need paid back to buy a house so mm-hmm. yeah overdraft mm-hmm. would definitely be one if you you know you need to manage your money so you don't go into overdraft you should you know be able to do that yeah perfect that's really good to know as well I feel mm-hmm. like overdraft is a common one would you happen to yeah. know if things like after pay and, and lay by come into things like that as well I've been asked this a few times and I think <laughs> I I'm not a financial advisor so I don't yeah. know the proper answer but I personally I think that if you can manage these payments within your kind of weekly splurge budget that you give yourself then it's probably quite a good idea because um I know I actually use it myself. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, sometimes like paying fifty dollars a week is better than paying like two hundred dollars all in one go, you know what I mean? So I think For sure. I think Afterpay can work. It, it's it's a really cool um kind of scheme, but um yeah, just not getting yourself in over your head. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool. That's really awesome. And then with I, I suppose we're all being told when we grow up that a house is considered an asset and that will it will always increase in value. Um so can the property market have highs and lows? Yeah, the um property market has historically always gone through ups and downs. There's actually a concept called um the property cycle and it has booms, slowdowns, slumps and then recoveries. It's kinda like a yeah, like a full circle cycle. And um historically in New Zealand these cycles last around 10 or so years um so recent data shows that the New Zealand market has been in the recovery and boom stage since the um 2008 global financial crisis so now is kind of the statistical time that our property market like theoretically 
should be entering a slowdown. But we actually have record low interest rates and a housing shortage. Um, so lots mm. of economists that I've been listening to are predicting that house prices may only plateau, not fall, and then they'll rise again. But obviously with the addition of um, coronavirus, the situation um, with the coronavirus situation, the economy is actually going to probably take a huge hit. But, um, yeah, it would be good to have a crystal ball to see what's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. When I've, um, I'm also on a property investor's Facebook page. I think Facebook pages are very underrated. <laughs> you find out a lot yeah. of information from them. Um, but I was in, I'm in a property investor's um, page, and a lot of them kind of talk about it's not timing the market, so it's not about, like, it's not about buying a house, you know, when the market, waiting for the market to fall to buy a house. Um, it's it's about kind of buying a house and holding it over a period of market, a, a period of time. So yeah, not timing the market, but time in the market. Um, by waiting for like a perfect deal during a slump, you could be pushing yourself out of the market as it becomes more and more out of unaffordable because you can't actually you can't actually predict when a slump is going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think property has proven and I believe it will continue to prove to be an excellent way of building that long-term wealth. Yeah that's really interesting because it kind of leads into my next thought which was is there a right time to get on the property ladder should we be waiting for those sort of slumps and then we can't predict them but yeah is there a right time? Yeah they kind of say that the when you have a boom and a slight slowdown, that's more of your time. That time's kind of called called the seller's market. So during a boom and slow, kind of into the slowdown phase, um, sellers have more control of the market. So they kind of, you know, they can say a price that they want to get for their house and most likely they will get it. Whereas more of the slump and kind of into the recovery phase, that's kind of more of a buyer's market. Um, so the kind of I've seen lots of articles at the moment that we could be going into more of a buyer's market with low interest rates and um, the uncertainty around coronavirus. It could be actually a really good time for first home buyers um, to kind of get a deal. But yeah, I don't I don't think there is a right time as such. But you could hit the jackpot and get you know a good deal now. But I think in ten years time anything that you buy now is going to look like a good deal in 10 years time. You know what I mean? Like I remember my oh, mum really? always like, you know, when I was younger, my dad brought his house in Ponsonby for like 25 grand. And I was like, Oh my God, like yeah. serious at the time that would have been a lot of money. So yeah, I kind of think that whatever you buy now is going to look good in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. I completely agree because same with my parents buying a home that they've had since I was only a baby, so like 20 years. And when you um, hear of them getting it for 50000 or something like that and you just think, yeah. oh, my gosh, that doesn't even seem like real life now. Oh, totally, yeah. I know, it's crazy. Or like they get a batch down the Coromandel like 50 years ago for like $1,000 or something. <laughs> like, yeah. It's pretty crazy. But I suppose, yeah. you know, that many more years to come, our kids or grandkids will probably be saying the same things to us. <laughs> mm, which is pretty crazy because, I mean, a million dollars seems like so much money and I suppose 50000 or whatever back then did as well. But, I mean, you just think when 
when will it stop? I guess it will just keep going in value. And some, I've been hearing stories around my friend group and other friend groups of that some people's friends might buy a home at say 23 years old or um, in your brother's case, 21, which is so amazing. And others might do it later on in life. Do you think it's something we should be able to achieve while we're young? Yeah, totally. I, um, I think that, you know, we might all kind of be around the same age, you know, young 20s or something, but we could all be at like totally different stages. Um, but I definitely mm. think it's capable to buy at a young age. Like if it's, if, it's, if it's what you want to do, you need to be obviously willing to work hard for it and kind of be prepared to sacrifice some things. But it's definitely doable. Like, I mean, I've, I did it at the end of last year. I'm not in my house yet. I've bought a house but off the plans. Um, and I was me and my boyfriend, we were we're both 22 and we just kind of have been saving hard since a young age and we haven't like had any big handouts or anything like that. We've just managed to do it. So, um, yeah, I definitely think it's an achievable thing to do while you're young. Mm, Cool. That's so awesome to hear. I think it can be hard sometimes for other people who, um, don't see that as very realistic and um it's nice to hear stories of people who have done that so what are the most important things to remember if you're wanting to buy your first home while you're young is there things you should keep in mind besides I suppose spending habits and those sort of things yeah um I think two of the most important important things that you'd um want to be doing is to do your homework and you need to find out what's involved in owning a property and find out council rates insurance legal fees your mortgage repayments and so on like it's a big commitment that you need to you need to be prepared for um yeah so you know searching through google spend time because you're going to be committing yourself to a really big a really big mortgage probably um, mm. that's going to be with you for a long time. So you really need to find out what you're getting yourself into. And secondly, don't overcommit yourself. Um, I've got friends who got their pre-approval from the bank earlier last year. And um, so pre-approval is basically going to the bank or mortgage broker and they assess all your um assess all your salary and your um, bank statements, whatever, and they kind of give you a figure that they would pre-approve you at. So um, when my friends got this figure last year, when they went out to buy a house, they made sure that they were looking at properties kind of well under the value of what the bank was willing to lend them, just because they wanted to ensure that when they were, um, once they're in the house, they can sort of fund stuff with their money, like go on holidays or go out with friends. Mm kind of not becoming a slave to the property by kind of spending each penny they had on it. Um, yeah, so yeah, those would be the two most important things. Yeah, doing your homework and not overcommitting yourself. Yeah, cool. And so I suppose that ties into being able to set yourself up for success in the property market is doing that research mm. as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, setting yourself up for success. I think one of the biggest things would be to kind of use your networks and chat to all those people like your families and friends that have kind of they've already bought and pick their brains like they're probably more more than willing to share advice and tips um and then talk to friends or family that may work in the industry or perhaps some of your friends and family know someone in the industry that they could kind of link you up with there's and there's also no harm in approaching a mortgage broker a few years out from when you may actually 
be readed by a house. They can um, assess your current situation and provide really helpful advice, like getting your savings up to X amount or structuring your spending habits. Um, they may even make you realize that you're ready to buy a house sooner than what you think. Um, and yeah, mortgage brokers are great as they work for you free of charge. So they have relationships with all the different banks and they work with all of them to get you the best deal. So kind of sitting down with them early to make a plan of attack to get you on the ladder later down the track would be a great way to ensure you're in an um, awesome position. Mm, cool. That's really good to know as well. And when have you heard people say to you, you know, it's impossible for young people to buy their first home in Auckland mm-hmm. now? And like, what would you say to those sort of people? Yeah, I've I've heard that so many, and I think I think the media kind of blows it up a lot as well. Like, um, just because the average house price in Auckland is a million, like, doesn't mean that every house costs a million dollars. Um, like my partner and I, we brought at the end of last year, and we're just kind of like your average twenty-two-year-olds have just worked hard to save. Um, and what we did is we we bought something off the plans so it kind of means that we only had to put down five percent and then the balance is paid when we move in in like 18 months time um there's also this thing i think it's called like the price caps in different cities and for auckland there's a price cap of 650 and um, for new builds so if you bought a, a brand new build in Auckland for under 650,000 you'd be eligible for um, a KiwiSaver grant and so each year you've been contributing to your KiwiSaver account um, you're eligible I think it's a thousand dollars for each year up to five years so that's five thousand dollars and that's if you buy an existing house but if you buy a brand new house, you get $2,000 for each of those five years. But then if you're, so that makes it 10000 And then if your partner's done the same, that's 20000 So you could be eligible for a $20,000 grant up to kind of if you bought within those price caps. So, um, and people are probably thinking, where the heck can you buy in Auckland for 650000 brand new? There's actually quite a few areas. Um, so, North Coast on the North Shore has some great options. Um, Karaka, Pukekohe, Whanuapai, Hobsonville Point, um, Glen Eden, Pamuir. Um, Kiwi Build actually have heaps of builds in Auckland that are great for first home buyers under these caps. So I recommend kind of going onto the Kiwi Build website and just looking at all the options that are in Auckland. Because, um, yeah, they're, those Kiwi Build houses have been built for the purpose of affordable houses for first home buyers. Yeah, for sure. That's great. I've never heard of um, so many of those things you just mentioned. So that's really, really cool um, to know about as well. <laughs> and I suppose a lot of us, some people might find the idea of purchasing their first home quite scary or daunting, um, as I'm sure you or your brother might have before purchasing yours. Is there ways that we can sort of think about it or maybe break down the process to make it seem a lot more achievable or just simple steps, first steps? Yeah, yeah, and it's totally normal um, to find the idea very daunting or scary. Um, I think that one of the best things you can do is just, like, chat to all your family and friends who are homeowners and um, or perhaps your peers or friends who are kind of at the same stage as you and just pick their brains as much as possible. Like, there's so much knowledge around us that we just need to tap into. Like, it sounds very cliche, but 
maybe surrounding yourself with people who will support you and provide you with advice. Like sometimes it's just that extra push that we need to get ourselves out of our comfort zone and it totally pays off. Um, and yeah, I think, I think adding yourself into the Kiwi um, first home buyer group on Facebook, um, there's always, there's always really interesting threads and topics raised on here. And I, I, I've actually learned a lot of valuable information from them. Um, yeah. And so I think those threads are kind of, if you're on that Facebook group, those threads are kind of always coming up on your Facebook. So the idea is actually always kind of put in front of you. So it shouldn't be as scary or daunting. Um, and then in terms of breaking it down, I think starting with the basics, like identify your savings and spending habits, like whether they're good or bad and make a goal. Like perhaps you want to save X amount in six months, or maybe you want to only buy one takeaway coffee per week. Like when you're achieving these smaller goals, you may then be ready to face the home ownership goal, like later down the track. Um, and we, we've spoken a bit about having that mortgage broker or seeking um, one to help us out. Is that the sort of only external help that a person would need to buy a home or um, is there other people that you should seek the help of? Um, yes. Yeah, so obviously, firstly, you'll need to engage with a good mortgage broker or your bank. Um, I would probably recommend getting in touch with a mortgage broker over going to your bank because mortgage brokers um, work with all the banks to find you a good deal. So instead of you going to, you know, Westpac, BNZ, ANZ and sitting down with each of them, provide them all with the same information, your mortgage broker will go and do that on your behalf. Um, and your mortgage broker um, gets paid by the bank. So you don't have to pay them anything. So the bank pays them for um, kind of selling their mortgage onto you. So um, yeah, they're free to use. So I don't know why you would not use one. Um, and then you also need to have a good solicitor on board. So the solicitor's role in the home buying journey, um, they read over all the contracts if you're buying off the plans. They go over sale and purchase agreements with you. They advise on different ownership structures. So say that you went in with um, your brother on a house or you and your partner and you kind of went 60-40, they'll um, write those structures up. Um, they'll obtain information required from the council, like loan reports. Um, these reports tell you about the land your property sits on, so like whether it's in like a flood zone or the different drainings within your property, and so on. Um, they also uh, they also assist with obtaining your KiwiSaver funds and Homestart grants. They um, go over your home loan documents. And um, they also they also um, complete the last step by arranging the settlement. So they go ahead and gather the loan from the bank, your KiwiSaver funds and Homestuck grant, and they pay this directly into the vendor's solicitor account um, on your behalf. And then kind of the other external help would be independent valuers to value the property. So this is... Um, to make sure you're not paying too much for the property. And it's also something that the banks require before they issue you the loan. You might also need to get a um, builder to do a building report on the property to make sure it's um, structurally sound and weatherproof and so on. And a good resource to use um, to find out whether you're using all the right 
people is um, settled.govt.nz has some really good advice. They have um, checklist resources that you can use to make sure you're getting all the right advice and checks done. So you print off the checklist when you go on open home and you check off all the things um, on this checklist. And then I think, I think you can then go put the information on their website, punch it all in and it kind of tells you kind of key things to look out for. Yeah. So those are kind of, yeah, solicitors and valuers, builders, they're kind of all the external people that you need to work with. Yeah, that is um, really helpful. And I know you've already given us so much valuable information already, um, but coming towards the end now, is there anything, I, I suppose, from your personal journey that you've learnt um, that would be good to pass on to any other young people? Mm. Um, I think my final tips would be, like, not to roll yourself out of the property market I've, I've kind of made the get on the ladder page to remove the stigma that housing is way too out of reach for our generation. Um, I want people to know that it's actually totally achievable if you go, if um, you put your mind to it. Um, and I also don't think young people will regret getting on the ladder too young, but they might regret not doing it sooner. Um, yeah, I think that would be my last bit of advice. So I, ho- I hope this has helped someone somewhat. <laughs> Yeah, this has been perfect. You are honestly such a wealth of knowledge and I really appreciate you coming on because you've given um you've given me some <laughs> some really awesome things to think about and I can't wait to do a bit of research into this because it's you've really broken it down and made it seem so much more achievable um for someone like me. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time, Olivia. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project, and I'll catch you on the next one.